Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast. I am your host, Chase, and I am joined today by producer Isaac. How are you doing, Isaac? Pretty good. Just got my hair cut today. Feeling the breeze. AC in my car stopped working for 10 minutes, so I'm really needing that breeze today. <laughs> it's always rough on a hot summer day, and I did not tell you this before, but your haircut looks fresh. I like it. Looking nice. Thanks. I've also looked like a dead rat today. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Let's see. Is that is that the crazy frog from that? <laughs> this is a picture of the crazy frog on this distorted shirt. It looks like he's getting crucified. I can't really tell. That looks like a shirt. I'm sure you got it that way. But it looks like a shirt that has been like passed down for like four generations. This thing's seen hell. I think this is a good way to bring it back. I think I actually went to a Timbers game in it once. I don't know how or why, but I think I did. Good segue. Good segue. Uh, Jacob is not here with us today as he kind of took a spontaneous trip north of the border. Went up to Canada to go visit some family. Uh, So we wish him safe travels as he's up there and drives back. I think he's coming back tomorrow. Uh, But solid week of MLS action. Did you uh, catch many of the games, Isaac? I I normally like to watch 360 on an iPad on the coffee table while I watch said Timbers game, and then I'll kind of bounce around. This week, I only watched the Timbers tie against NYFC, and that was not that great. Very bad reunion. As a Timbers fan, you just kind of get accustomed to it. As much as you hate to say that. But, you know, overall, um, I think this week seemed a bit more boring for most people because there wasn't a goal scored behind half like the previous two weeks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I think there were some solid games, good goals out there. Just everybody's kind of getting accustomed to MLS having these crazy uh, results. So let's just dive right into it. The week started... With Charlotte FC versus Club de Foot Montreal. Charlotte hosted this game and it was a nil-nil. Absolute stinker of a game. Super boring. Nothing really to talk about at all. I mean, Montreal has kind of been on the up recently. They're they're starting to finally build on the terrible start they had to their season. Um, you know, now that they finally got their new kits. But just a boring game. Pretty even possession. Like, low pass accuracy from both teams. Just nothing really to talk about here, honestly. When people make fun of soccer, and like, just think of your average football dad. Just just think of that guy <laughs> making fun of soccer. That's the type of game he's pointing to. Just think of, like, a, a Pop Warner, like, oh. football dad who's out there. Just, I don't even know why y'all play that sport. What's that liberal foot sport you're playing? <laughs> yeah, just a... A boring game that, I mean, even when you look at both lineups, like, there's no names that really stand out to anybody here, honestly. There's just nothing. This is the game that, like, with the Messi announcement coming to MLS, like, a lot of people are starting to tune into the league. I hope nobody in Europe, like, woke up, like, in the middle of the night to watch this MLS game. You have eyes from all over the world watching the MLS for a week. Just because, you know, it's hot in the news, it's on Twitter, people are making memes. You go on Instagram, you see hood clips making messy memes. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, I get it. And then they tune into this stinker if they do. Yeah, not not a great look, but 
Yeah, I mean, it happens. We'll say you know, clean sheet for both teams. Both both teams made it out of this game without conceding a goal. But moving on, we have Columbus Crew beating Nashville two zero at home. Christian Ramirez proving to be a very solid signing for Columbus, scoring a goal in the twentieth minute, and then Nashville conceding an own goal in the ninety fifth minute. Unfortunately, but two really solid teams. Honestly, a really fun game to watch. Both teams. Proven to be really strong contenders for uh, MLS Cup. I don't know, you know, if they're both going to make the run deep. I mean, they're both Eastern Conference teams, so they'll face each other in playoffs if they do make that deep run. But, I mean, Wilfred Nancy has this Columbus crew team really starting to buzz. You catch anything, any part of this game at all? or No, I think you only caught the Timbers, right? Yep, I wanted to watch 360, but I didn't. That's where I usually at least hit a little bit of the other games, but this week not at all. I, I always w- miss the own goals too, which I don't know. I just I only see them on highlights after. I will say for anybody that's looking to like tune in to the league and they want to watch a fun team, Columbus Crew is the team to watch. Wilfred Nance is a really fun coach and has this Columbus Crew team playing really, really exciting soccer. But moving on. Wait, who else play, plays for Columbus? Columbus Crew? Darlington Nagby. Who else plays for them? Oh, I know. I know that you know. Keegan Hughes. Come on the show. The legend. Anyways, another exciting result, actually. DC United beating the top team in the league, FC Cincinnati, at home 3-0. Absolutely just mollywopped <laughs> FC Cincinnati. <laughs> trying to think of a phrase that would like get you to crack there but i mean for a little bit of context for people who haven't followed it super closely fc cincinnati they came into the league and they won the wooden spoon three years in a row wooden spoon is a trophy that you get when you're the absolute worst team in the league when you finish at the bottom of the table worst team across both conferences you get the wooden spoon they got that three seasons in a row Switched front office, switched managers, and found some form last year. Started to build, and now this year, uh, with you know the addition of some defenders, they have been pretty, pretty impenetrable. They haven't lost at home yet. They were top of the supporters' shield, and then came up against the mighty DC United and got freaking drubbed three nil. This is the, this is the kind of variety you like in the MLS. This is what you love to see. You know, the the top supposed best team in the league, hottest in form, gets beat down by a team that, I don't even know, DC's in ninth place now after that result in the Eastern Conference. So definitely not a good team, but they have a good leader in Wayne Rooney. That guy looks like one of the Keebler elves. He looks like he'd beat <laughs> me like- up in like... An alley in a weird street called like Cheston Borough, and like <laughs> he looks like after he gets done coaching DC United, he takes off his like DC United hat and puts on like a pointy like green hat, and then climbs into the hole in a, like in a tree and starts baking cookies or something. Dude, just look up pictures <laughs> from Wayne Rooney in the early two thousands with his boys, his little Rat Pack. He was a before he got hair plugs before when he was balding at like twenty five. Yeah. Dude, I remember that being news. The fact that he got implants for his hair. Oh man. I love I love Wayne Rooney What's for that? a lot of reasons. But I do not like him as a coach, unfortunately. Anyways, 
let's keep it moving here. We have the New England Revolution beating Toronto FC 2-1, which ultimately led to Bob Bradley being sacked by Toronto FC. He is out the door, unfortunately, after a poor run of form this season. Can't seem to get this star-studded squad to correct the ship and, you know, start pulling the line for him. So they decide it's easier to fire one manager than it is to fire 22 players, and they give him the old boot respectfully out the door. But kind of an unfortunate way for him to go out because it wasn't necessarily a super one-sided game. I think New England kind of edged it out here. Um, Also, kind of fitting yet sad that he was... His last game for this club where he, he was handed a loss was by Bruce Arena, who he uh, he coached under for a long time. He was an assistant coach. He kind of learned his way um, to be a coach from Bruce Arena, and then he you know went all on his own and made the legacy that he has now. And uh, here we are, years and years down the road. They're both old men in their 60s, and I think Bruce Arena is almost 70 now, and Bruce Arena is the is the man that gave the result that got him fired so props to Bruce Arena but I won't say too much more about that game New England another solid team they're up there pushing for top in the east um good result for them after Cincinnati gets a loss so we'll see how that kind of lays out as the as the season goes on and we'll touch on the the Bob Bradley firing here a little bit more uh once we finish up with the games but Another extremely exciting game. We have New York Red Bulls smacking around Atlanta United 4-0 at home, which you love to see. I mean, Atlanta United has not beat New York Red Bulls at Red Bull Stadium since they've entered the league, which has been, I think, nearly six years now, something like that. Kind of crazy. With, you know, Atlanta United, a lot of people look at them and they see like a pretty dominant MLS team. But for them to not be able to even pull out like a single win against New York Red Bulls is kind of kind of astounding. I thought for sure they had for some reason, but good on Red Bulls for absolutely just smashing smashing Atlanta four nil. Solid result. Couple of you know, couple goals from Frankie Amaya at the end of the game. Daniel Edelman scores. Caceres Jr. scores. Good on those boys. Good on those boys. Good work. Moving on to the next game, we got Sporting Kansas City losing to the Chicago Fire at home, 1-0. You know, you hate to see it because Sporting KC was finally on the rise, but good on Chicago, just kind of rolling along, pulling out. root for both of these teams here. I know, they're both teams that have just been just crap through the beginning of the season, and now they're kind of finally starting to find some form, Chicago's. Looking pretty solid, looking like a team that's going to be pushing for playoffs for sure. And Sporting Kansas City, after not winning a game for like the first like quarter of the season, they have made their way up past the Timbers, unfortunately. But, I mean, kind of a typical Sporting Kansas City game. I mean, they had 66% possession, nearly double the amount of passes that uh, Chicago had. I think they had like 670-something. Chicago only managed like 350. Um, so exactly what a Peter Vermees team wants to do. They want to control the ball, pass it around. But, um, you know, an astute Chicago defense can't be fooled by all your fancy just kicking the ball around. 
Yeah, no Tiki Taki over there. It's not going to work when you got freaking Chris Brady and goal and I don't I don't know most of their back line if I'm being completely honest but Frank Klopas is not going to let that fly next game up we got Austin FC beating Houston Dynamo 3-0 in a Copa Tejas match which seems to happen like every other week these Texas teams just play each other non-stop it seems like it's bigger in Texas <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it if they get like a fourth team somehow in like San Antonio or something like that. Got some big old women in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, they eat their churros all day. <laughs> but <laughs> suck all the air out of the stadium over there, dude. I can never remember that guy's name that that said that. Who is that? Charles Barkley. Yes, Charles Barkley. <laughs> The guy That's should, a good bit. That guy is amazing. But anyways, Austin FC beating Houston 3-0. Giassi Zarda is finally finding his feet, scoring another goal. Man is actually providing after just being like a meme for them for the first half of the season. They they brought him in to be like their like proven goal scorer in the league. Man played like he was a right back, stuck it forward, which was just sad to see. So I want to be honest here. I haven't seen him since he left L.A. Is his hair still blonde? Yes. So he could be seen. That's his, that's his thing, right? Dude has rocked the same haircut his whole career. Kind of a sweet reason why he did it. Yeah, so when he originally broke into the squad for L.A. Um, Galaxy, when, I don't know, I don't remember how old he was, but he uh, dyed his hair blonde on top. Um, and he said the reason he did it is because his grandma would watch the games and he wanted to do something so she could be able to tell who he was on the field like easily which i feel like nowadays especially with the apple tv (laughs) they have like such good cameras and it's so close it's pretty easy to be able to tell who it is also you have your name on your jersey and you're wearing a number but i mean it's a sweet reason like kind of i mean he's, he's out there doing it for his family playing for his grandma and you know bagged a goal in this game for his grandma also, Timbers legend Julio Cascante getting a goal in this game as well. Uh, Ethan Finley started the scoring off in the 22nd minute. But good on Austin, getting some form, um, you know, putting up putting up a performance for their home fans. Houston kind of humbled a little bit. They had been on a good run of form. People are starting to think um, Hector Herrera was actually a good soccer player at MLS. And, you know, then you come to a game like this and you realize... Oh, wait. Austin is better than Houston. Houston kind of sucks. I'm just kidding. I'm biased. Houston is is probably the better team this season. They've actually been really solid. I just don't like Ache Ache. Okay. Here we go. Yet another stinker of a game. <laughs> I already know which one you're talking about. What game What game you think I'm about to bring up right here? The Sounders in Orlando. No, actually, really? that's a different stinker. This one is Colorado Rapids versus LA Galaxy. That's also a stinker, but just 0-0. Zero, zero. I'm just excited. I want to see some like fan coverage of Orlando City just talking crap after that <laughs> game. I Normally when I'm on Twitter, I see a bunch of it, but I didn't see any this week. I know there's got to be some. See, I would I would agree with you. But the only thing I would say is like Orlando and Seattle are both like higher quality teams. So there might have been like some more action. You know, a little bit more of like an edgy game. Colorado and LA Galaxy are both like 
bottom two teams in the West, and there was just no, like nothing exciting happened. Like on the MLS rundown, I was reading it, and they usually they talk about each game, and then they have a thing where it says, "So did we learn anything?" And they'll write like a paragraph, but for this game, it says, "So did we learn anything?" And it just says, "No." Period. <laughs> it's just. Nobody expects anything else from these teams. I think this is one of our prediction games, actually. And I had I mistakenly said Kevin Cabral was going to like pop off against his former team and score two goals. Jacob said this was going to be 0-0. So I already know he's going to just extend his lead against me for that. But we'll just move on. Not not much to talk about there. LA Galaxy, Colorado, both down in the mud, and they didn't really do much for themselves. No. <laughs> Next up, we have... Real Salt Lake versus Minnesota United, a 2-2 draw. Ben versus Dakota. (laughs) It's two of our friends who have spent time in both those cities. Funny enough, because both those guys don't have, like, any relationship with each other at all. But I would love to see them, like, fight to the death over these teams. I would love to see them fight to death over these teams and then play futsal against each other. (laughs) You know both those boys are menaces. Ben Ben's a terrifying person when he steps on the field or court, no matter what sport he's playing. Man actually had to be subbed out of his intramural games when he was in college because he had actually <laughs> he had punched a girl in the chest <laughs> accidentally. But you know, you support feminism around here. <laughs> Man's all about equality. But back to the game, Real Salt Lake versus Minnesota United 2-2. This is an exciting game because in the 98th minute at the death of the game, Justin Glad, center back for Real Salt Lake, just hits a freaking sweet volley top left. Just connects connects with it that I think any soccer player, when you hit a volley like that, you just know like when it comes off your foot, it's going to be a nice, clean strike. And especially for a, a center back who doesn't get into those positions very often, um, feels even better. But he absolutely saved a point for RSL here at home, sent the fans crazy. They all go home feeling as if it was a win, even though it was a draw. But real just, quick, go ahead. Maybe the soda shops in Salt Lake were just wild <laughs> that night. Everybody was going nuts. Real quick, I want to get your take on this. How do you feel about the name Real Salt Lake here in the U.S.? For those who don't know, Real is like... Real Madrid is probably the most famous team with that name. Real derives from a word that essentially means royal. Like in Spain, in Spanish. I mean, Salt Lake seems like a nice city, but it's just like... Doing that in America just seems kind of... It's like we tried really hard to capture some of the magic from other leagues. Yeah, it is. It is kind of silly. I mean, it it just looks silly when you see like Real Madrid and then Real Salt Lake. I hate this trend of like teams around the league do like trying so hard to be like other like you see like with like Montreal. They recently like rebranded to be like CF Montreal. Which is kind of like, it's unique for our league, but it's like they're trying too hard to be like a European team. And then just, I hate all the boring names, like a Minnesota United, New York City FC. LAFC. Like Orlando City. I love... Then you get like Colorado Rapids, you get Houston the Dynamo, Portland Timbers, 
hell, I even throw Seattle Sounders. You get some exciting San Jose earthquakes. Yeah, it's it's exciting when you see teams That's a little do bit morbid, but yeah. Or like the Chicago Fire. That's probably the most morbid name because that was named after like a like a terrible fire that happened in Chicago. But that is history. You don't get that type. That's a Chicago based event. You're not getting that in like the middle <laughs> of Spain. True, but this is Inter Miami. I that is probably that's, silly. that's probably the worst defender. It's either that or Real Salt Lake. I I hate when teams that like American teams try to be something that is inherently not American. Like just take pride in that we're like this different league, completely different than the rest of the world. Don't try and copy them. Let's be something completely different. It just it really frustrates me. We're just it's one thing too if we like actually had like a like I've heard this before. I don't know enough about it, but like when if when we partner, like if Real Salt Lake somehow partnered with Real Madrid, fine. Like if they had a weird academy set up where, you know, they would poach some players from Utah, fine. I'm okay with that. I'm a little bit more okay with that. Imagine that Real Salt Lake is just scouting random kids in Utah for their next golden generation. Man, a new Mormon winger going over to Madrid. God. <laughs> They're like, forget all these forget all these Brazilian wonder kids. We're gonna go to freaking Real Salt Lake. We're gonna go to Utah. You know what? I've heard that is one of the cleanest cities in this country, so I can't knock it too much. I wouldn't doubt it. But I will finish with this. I still think it's hilarious that MLS as a league and like a lot of fans try and push this whole like like little bit where they're like it's called soccer it's not football it's called soccer and then literally like half of our teams have like FC in their name which literally just means football club so it's just it's kind of silly it's, it's like silly. we're we're like we're like half we're like lukewarm that's my we want the Euro snobbery but not enough so it's it's just weird. It's like just don't don't even try it. We already have football here. You're not we're not going to win that battle here. It's just you're going to lose. This is this is my this has been my my grind my gears segment for the day. Also, New England Revolution tight name. I've there's some that. there's some pretty sick names. Their after goal celebration tight. The dudes the dudes dressed like the Minutemen who are firing muskets. Moving on, back to the games. We have the Portland Timbers versus New York City FC. A 1-1 draw. What else would you expect from these teams? Yeah, I would expect a 0-0. Stinker, <laughs> but you know, at least it was you know that Tim, You know that Timbers defense isn't clean, keeping a clean sheet. Yeah, Especially exactly. with Maviola starting. I saw that and I was like, yeah, we're going to lose Joseph at two. But I don't know. It seemed more of like an active game. I, I felt like there was just a lot of chances both sides. At first, it felt like it was a little heavier handed towards us. We looked pretty decent. We were getting down. Bowley was running up, getting in good positions, not really able to pass to anyone very often, but he was getting down in front of defenders. Then second half, other side started piecing us together, but... It felt a little bit more even. There's just lots of chances, but I, I'd say solid game from both teams. Definitely a tale of two halves for yeah. sure. Um, Evander scoring a really nice goal for the Timbers. Keaton Parks scoring a goal for New York City FC in the second half. 
Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, like we said, Larissa Mabiala started. That's never a good sign for the Timbers. Um, but it came out of a good circumstance, I'll say. You know, Zach McGraw was called up to the Canadian national team, his first call-up. Um, funny story about that. So he's actually enlisted in the U.S. Army. So when he he went to – he played for, like, the Army college soccer team and then got drafted through that. So this is a – he's, like, half – like, I think one of his parents is Canadian. So he's eligible to play for the Canadian national team, but he's also still technically eligible to be called, like, into the Army, in the U.S. Army. So kind of a weird circumstance, but still a cool little fact. Which but, country is he going to fight for? <laughs> If we go to war with Canada, which side will he choose? We should absolutely go to war with Canada. But we will move on to another Canadian team. Actually, we have LAFC playing the Vancouver Whitecaps. Vancouver coming up the victors 3-2 against LAFC on the road. Solid, solid performance from Vancouver Whitecaps. And I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you even really know who they who their coach is, but can you Google Vanny Sartini real quick and look at this guy? So Vanny Sartini, my last solo podcast, I went on a long rant about this guy. Latino Slytherin. <laughs> no, that's that was uh that was uh Almeida, Carlos ah. Almeida. As I said, I know there's one of these coaches that's Latino <laughs> Slytherin. <laughs> Vanny Sartini is like Italian Muppet man. Like, so dude has like the bushiest eyebrows I've ever seen, but he's super lovable. And he's a lot of people kind of call him like the Ted Lasso of MLS, like just a vibes coach. Guys, just super like, like upbeat. I mean, he's definitely like pretty like technically, like tactically uh, adept. Um, oh my God. Are you looking at pictures of him right now? Whitecaps coach wins Fox contest and will sing at Nickelback concert. Okay, yeah. So that was what I was about to talk about. There's been this clip going around of him, of he's singing a Nickelback song. I just watched it this earlier is today. Absurd. Yeah, I watched it earlier today, and it's really funny because he's just like he just looks like a really soft like dad, you know, like like you would be like one of your friend's dads. He's like a really nice guy, but he um, I bet you that man goes ballistic if you break spaghetti noodles in half. It's him singing a Nickelback song with a very, like, his, like, thick Italian accent, and it's just hilarious. I encourage everybody to go watch it. But back to soccer. Vanny Sartini, great coach. Just takes time. All I have to say is it takes time for this guy. But here we are with a great result, 3-2 on the road in L.A. against LAFC. Um solid performance not exactly i think how he would draw it up but when you play against a really strong lafc squad you kind of have to do this he conceded a lot of possession he let lafc just control the ball sat back with his back three almost a back five at times um and just let lafc take the ball for i think they had like 67 percent possession something like that and then when he had it they were absolutely clinical they just drove up the field found their opportunities found their goals and this is a team that doesn't have arguably their best player in julian gressel because he just got called up for the u.s national team for the gold cup so even more impressive on that front moving on to our next game 
we have San Jose Earthquakes hosting St. Louis City SC, and they lost 2-1 to St. Louis. St. Louis, two goals from, I believe it was Samuel Adinaran. Adinaran. I cannot say his last name, Adinaran. Um, I think he's just now breaking into MLS. So this was a guy that came to the league years and years ago, played for Seattle FC or Seattle. It's not Seattle FC. I'm like stuck on our little weird topic. We're just on Seattle Sounders. Never really got a chance to play. Got loaned out to USL squad, did his time in USL, then gets signed for St. Louis and finally gets his breakthrough. Now that, uh, you know, they're, they're short on players. They've had some injuries. Comes in and absolutely bosses this game. Man scores a goal in the 41st minute, and then uh, his teammates decide to give him the PK in the 58th minute to uh, take the lead. Really class from his team, uh, but you love to see it. So good on him. San Jose, unfortunate to lose at home. I wouldn't worry too much if I was a San Jose fan. Um, probably you should be more frustrated that Jeremy Bobasi didn't get called up for the national team when he absolutely deserves it. But... I think San Jose is still on a good track. St. Louis claimed their spot top of the West yet again um, after being off the top for a little while. But we'll move on to said stinker that we talked about earlier. Seattle Sounders, Orlando City, nil-nil. And my favorite thing about this is that it was in Seattle. So you had a bunch of Sounders fans that wasted a whole afternoon to go watch their team tie 0-0. Yeah, I wonder what the mic'd up crowd sounded like there. <laughs> you just had that that one dude in like the shirt that was too tight for him doing the uh <laughs> Come <Fine>. on <laughs> the fight and win chant for Seattle. Oh man. Dude, every time there's like a there's any like TikTok or Instagram reel what's just like British chants versus American, that's always the example. And then people are just like, all the Americans are just like, what's wrong with that? Freaking Americans, dude. <laughs> but, you know, I think <laughs> I think a good reason why Seattle didn't score in this game was the fact that Jordan Morris is not there with them right now, which kind of crazy to think about because I don't really rate Jordan Morris that much. But for whatever reason, this team can't seem to score unless they have him. They have no other goal scorers. On the, I don't know what the deal is with them this year. They just can't seem to find the net. Um, I love to see it because this is the team that a lot of people thought were going to be, you know, MLS Cup contenders. And now look at them. Just absolutely down in the dumps in a playoff spot, which the Timbers are not in. So I can't say much. Yeah. But that wraps it up for this week's games. That was every game. That was a lot quicker when it was just me and Isaac because we don't we don't rant about really obscure stuff like Jacob and I do. But my lore is lacking. I need you to get caught up on your just obscure MLS knowledge. If this was about Edgar Davis, it would be a different conversation. <laughs> the, That's all I'm the pit bull. Yeah, the pit bull, dude. I did want to take a quick moment. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode just because... Jacob's not here. We aren't going to rant as long. We're not going to do any um, trivia or games, but I want to take a moment to kind of talk about the Bob Bradley 
um, firing at Toronto because I think a lot of people probably saw it coming as, uh, you know, the two star players in Toronto, uh, Bernadeschi and Insigne, two Italian star players were kind of calling for his head earlier, like a couple months ago or a month ago. They were all, they were calling for him to be fired and they didn't want him to be there anymore. Um, which I think there was this internal struggle because Toronto definitely brought him in to lead this club to like a new level after years of success and then a little bit of a downtime, uh, they brought him in to kind of turn it around. And I think that makes sense. I mean, considering Bob Bradley, in my opinion, is probably arguably right now the greatest American coach of all time. I think that's definitely there's room to change with guys like Jesse Marsh coming through, Jim Curtin, um, dare I say, Caleb Porter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bob Bradley's a guy who's just given so much to the game for U.S. soccer. I mean, he's coached the national team. He's coached youth national team. He's coached college. He's coached MLS. He's coached abroad. Um, he's a man that's done a lot. I mean, when you look at what he's won as a coach, I mean, he, as the U S men's national team coach, he's won the gold cup. Um, he won the supporter shield and MLS. He won the Canadian championship. He won MLS cup. Um, and then he's been a four time manager of the year, uh, three times in MLS. And then once, uh, in the Norwegian top flight, but just, just a man who's lived a very full career. I mean, I don't know if many people, I mean, I kind of talked about it a bit earlier, but he started his career um, coaching college. He was an assistant coach for Bruce Arena. And then once Bruce Arena left, he kind of had his little head coach stint. And then he followed Bruce Arena and he went and helped coach in the United States set up and then went to DC United where he was an assistant coach for Bruce Arena for two years. Then he got his first head coaching job at a professional level with Chicago Fire, their first year in the league, and uh, kind of did the remarkable and won not only the U.S. Open Cup, but he also won the MLS Cup that year and won uh, Coach of the Year. And then just from then on, just had solid results, was just a well-known coach that did a lot, had different stints with the U.S., went abroad. Um, so it's sad to see this kind of little downturn. I don't know if he's going to take another job in MLS. I mean, he's 65 years old. He definitely has a little bit more time as a coach, but kind of have to wonder what's going on in his head because it's kind of at the point where you'd almost rather just spend time with your family, family, which funny enough, he kind of was doing that at Toronto because his son plays (laughs) for Toronto. So (laughs) kind of funny, but uh, I'm a little curious what Toronto may be thinking is next now that they just fired probably arguably one of the best coaches they could have got for this position I don't know what's next for them I don't know if they're really thinking what's next I mean they're kind of tied up on these star Italian players until I think a couple of I think Bernadeschi is like contracted until 2026 so like I said earlier I mean you either fired 22 players or you fired one head coach what's the easier solution but I don't know. I I don't know. Do you do you know much about Bob Bradley, Isaac? Do you have much experience with the Bradman? I just remember during World Cup season, about I guess I suppose eight and a half years ago, 
years ago. There was a lot of talk of him. I believe he was coaching at the time. Jamie, let me pull this up. Give it a goog. Give it a goog. Sometimes I'm trying to think when he uh, when he coached the U.S. national team last. I was just looking at his Wikipedia. If I were Jacob, I'd probably just have this like completely memorized. Jacob does a backflip. He's going to be listening to this and just be like, dude, how do they not know? I'm actually looking into Steve Trundolo at the moment, so I'm a little bit busy for this conversation. He coached the U.S. national team 2006 to 2011, so about 10 years ago. Right before. Uh... So he coached them during that iconic 2010 World Cup. He was the coach when the U.S. kind of like miraculously made it out of that group. Um, the group of death. And then they had that iconic game against Belgium where uh, they could have gone through had Chris Wondolowski not been there. Yep, some fan in the box seats caught that probably. I believe so. I think I'm getting that mixed up with the 2014 World Cup now, actually. I did just get that mixed up with the 2014 World Cup. Anyways. 2010 was in Africa. That, yeah, that was the South We're Africa. We're outing ourselves really bad. This is... This is not good content right now. But anyways, I wanted to talk about a few coaches that I could see possibly taking the the spot at Toronto. And I would like to say my number one pick, who I think should absolutely take the Toronto job, yet I don't know if he will. I mentioned him earlier. I think Caleb Porter should absolutely take this job. The squad is star-studded. They have a lot of attacking talent. Caleb Porter is an excellent attacking coach. He knows how to get guys like firing on all cylinders. He knows how to control the ball, help teams move. I mean, he's won. He's only coached two MLS clubs, and he's won MLS Cup with both of those clubs. So, I mean, pretty good track record overall. I could see him going in, really turning this team around. I think maybe the only other option... I would look at if I was Toronto. They have a lot of money to throw around. You may know this guy. It's a big name. I would say Gennaro Gattuso. Milan legend. Italian boy. Come to Toronto. Coach a couple naughty little Italian players who are vaping on planes and whatnot. We're breaking spaghetti this week, dude. (laughs) I'm saying it. We've been talking about a lot of Italians this week. Breaking spaghetti. But that's kind of, that's, I don't know, that's really all I had to talk about. It's, it's a little bit harder, you know, when you're sitting in the hot seat, just talking, talking away. Correction. Just going back to a few minutes ago. Let's see. Bradley lost against Ghana in the 2010 World Cup. That's the one that's right. where, you remember there's a controversy with the refs? That's right. I just remember. like basically disallowed that goal. I remember because like, it sparked. The yeah. Ghana rivalry for the 2014 group stage. Yeah, and people were like, what the hell was that? Why'd they disallow it? Remember that? I remember. I remember. I freak- I wiped that game out of my memory because that was like the World Cup when I first really got into soccer. I remember watching that. And the uh, the last minute Landon Donovan goal against Algeria to send us through was probably like the iconic moment that like made me fall in love with soccer, I'd say. Beautiful moments. I just remember that, that was that was a crazy time. I just remember like all the players walking over like, to that ref, like 
why? 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 And then, like, you hear Americans, like, you hear random NFL NFL commentators be like, well, at least in our sport, they have to explain themselves. Yeah, yeah that that sort of decision has been completely eradicated with VAR, which is one of the beautiful, beautiful things that has been added to this game. You know, even though it's still kind of flawed. But that's all I really had to talk about. I want to just kind of go over the Bob Bradley firing as I was was kind of sad to hear it. You know, I like Bob Bradley. I think he's one of the greats. Um, Definitely a guy that will go down in the history books of American soccer. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll move on. We'll go, we'll go to our match predictions for this upcoming week. I didn't really go over the ones that we had from last week. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of briefly recap. We, we had predicted for Atlanta versus New York Red Bulls. Jacob and I both predicted an Atlanta win, which we both were correct, but we did not get the scoreline right. DC versus Cincinnati was our next game. Jacob predicted 2-1 Cincinnati. I said 3-0 Cincinnati. The exact opposite happened. DC smacked Cincinnati 3-0. You couldn't have guessed that game, to be fair. That's wild. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that. Last game was Colorado versus LA Galaxy. I already said this earlier. I thought Kevin Cabral was going to pop off against his old team. Got it completely wrong. Jacob got this result completely correct. But let's move on to this next week. I'm going to let Isaac make Jacob's predictions for him in the hopes that I can make up some ground here because Jacob is kicking my butt. So first up, we had Toronto versus RSL. I already pre-wrote these down in case you forgot what you'd already predicted. I believe I said 2-0 Toronto. You said 2-0 Toronto. I went with a 2-1 RSL. I think RSL is going to have enough to beat Toronto on the road. I think all the, you know... Just firing Bob Bradley, all the tension in the air, the tension in the locker room, because you got to think his son is still there, Michael Bradley. There was a lot that came out where a lot of players didn't feel comfortable in Toronto because they felt like they they wanted to speak out in the locker room, but they couldn't because they felt like the coach was still there even when he wasn't, just because, uh, you know, Michael Bradley was in the locker room. Nepotism. So... I think there's still a lot of tension. I can only imagine when you fire the guy's dad who's still there. Just It's got to feel uncomfortable. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, some tension going on with Toronto for a while. So I'm going 2-1 RSL. They got Chicho Arango just signed for the team. They got a little bit of a bump. Justin Glad scoring bangers. That's all fine, but I, you can't predict this, this freaking league. So. Yeah, there's, there's no way. I, I just... I'm just writing narratives right I, now. I watch RSL smash teams that they shouldn't. I watch them just lay turns when they should be winning. It's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just writing narratives, they essentially. Just, I feel like they just have to be between spot seven spot nine. Like That's where they want to be. Because then they can just go into the playoffs and not score just a single goal. right on into the playoffs and then just get like butted out. That's what they do. Next up, though... We have Dallas hosting LAFC. What did you say for this one, Isaac? I believe I said 2-1 Dallas. You did. You went for a 2-1 Dallas. I went 2-0 LAFC, and there's only one reason why I say that. And I don't think you're aware of this, so it's a little unfair to you. Dallas has been extremely poor this season without Jesus Ferreira up top, and he is gone with the national team right now at the Gold Cup. So I'm going 
Dallas is going to – they're going to lose. I think LAFC has a point to prove after losing last week, and yeah. I think they're going to come back swinging. Watch. I could believe that one. Forget what I said last game. Last game we have here, Miami hosting Austin, and I think we both predicted Austin to win this one. I said 1-0 Austin. What did you go with here? I think I said 3-1. I think, I think we're both just do not expect Miami – to do anything too many eyes on them well i mean i think in their last what was it one two three four five six seven games in their last seven games they have one win so it's just been absolutely horrible form for them they're just it seems like they're just counting down the games until Messi arrives and now i mean now with the announcement that they're going to sign sergio busquets as well um, longtime teammate of Messi. Don't even know how that guy's going to fit into the team. I mean, just one of the greatest defensive midfielders of all time, but absolutely not That's so not, wild. not mobile enough at all to play against like a young dynamic midfield, no matter where you're at in the world. Like he, if you, if you put him in like a team where you have like another guy next to him, it can do all the running and then just give him the ball. Yeah. All is well and fine. Miami does not have that. They do not have that at all. So I don't know what they're expecting to do with with Sergio Busquets. Unless I think they just almost just signed him just to keep Messi happy. But weird buddy contract. I think we're both just. I think we're both going with an Austin win here because it seems like Miami just has rolled over and accepted the fact that they're just waiting for Daddy Messi to come in and just like start. Miami's counting out minutes for Messi. Messi's counting out. Down the man to get to the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> it does seem, it does seem like Miami is like digging a hole, just so like that Messi can try and prove himself in MLS. He's gonna try and he's gonna test his grit in the best league there is. He's gonna come here. He's gonna pick up a team that's at last place in the league and just carry them to the playoffs. Which I don't know if that's gonna happen. I just think. My man loves the nightlife in Miami. Maybe. Maybe. He's just going to be listening to, like, Dominican music, like, all night. (laughs) Oh, man. It is like a vacation spot where you can see all his friends from Europe just coming to meet up with him. Like, you can see Luis Suarez. You can see Neymar. Like, all these guys coming and meeting up with him. But I think that's one of the, like, most beautiful things about this messy move is he's kind of similar to Beckham, like paving this way, opening up this avenue where you're going to see a lot of just great players find their way over here because Messi did it. a good bump. I think Messi, you know, people are going to say Messi did it. He went there, He and, you know, people will ask him, and he'll say he had a good time. He enjoyed it. I really hope he says that, and we just start to see a lot more bigger names come to the league a little bit earlier in their career. It's going to be weird, though, if you just see them, like, if you see Messi on Miami lose to, like, Columbus crew. That's just a weird thing to see. That seems like that would be like an AI generated image like a year ago. I will absolutely accept that. What are you talking about? Columbus crew got Aiden Morris just bossing it in the midfield. You just can't imagine Messi on a team. Steven Marrera just bombing up the wing from right back. Yaya Boa. Or Houston Dynamo. Houston, that would suck. I did you got two dinosaurs in the midfield, Sergio Busquets and Hector Herrera, just <laughs> rolling it back like it's Barca versus Atletico Madrid in oh. 2015. 
Oh, no. I didn't even think about that matchup. That's so gross. That's so terrible to think about. I mean, it's like just lofting him up there, hoping, <sighs> praying for something to happen. That's that's so funny. Anyways, that, I believe, is it for the MLS Net Boys podcast. We're going to wrap it up. I, I don't even know if this is a shorter one or not. kind of feels like it was about the same length. 50 minutes? Pretty close. Pretty close. I... I told Isaac, I even told my girlfriend when we left to come record this, because we're at Jacob's house right now, even though he's not here. I said, oh, it'll be quick. Maybe like a 30 minute one. We'll just sit down and do it. We sat here for like an hour, just BSed for a while, drank some beer. And then we finally like recorded and we're still here 50 minutes later. <laughs> this is also just for Jacob. I ate all of your snacks. <laughs> There's none left. We're going to put your bikes outside by the curb too. <laughs> This is my house now. I'm gonna push your <laughs> push your AC out the window. <laughs> oh, all right. We should we should wrap it up there. This has been it for the MLS Net Boys. Thank you all for listening. Keegan Hughes, come on the show. <laughs>